0: Welcome, everyone. You are listening to Paradigm Shifters. I'm Veronica Entwistle, and we've been running this show since 2008, basically to bring you some discussions with people who are cutting through the edges of our consciousness and bringing some kind of new reality for you and for me. And this person who's going to be interviewed with us today is really a breakthrough kind of guy who fought. Uh, a sentence a four-year life sentence uh, a a medical prognosis and he went to work as a scientist as a dendrologist which is something we want to talk about but anyway I'll stop rambling on about you Patrick because this is Patrick Toit who is the vitamin k guy but also many other levels of supporting your health and mine. And he's backed it all scientifically, and I'm sure with humor and experience. So welcome to the show, Patrick. It's been a while since we've talked.
1: Thank you, Veronica. Happy to be here and happy to be of service to everyone.
0: Oh, I'm just really excited to talk to you because your story, uh, and and you you might want to encapsulate that story. I know you keep telling it in various places, but it's so empowering for people to know that people fall back into themselves they know their truth they know how to mobilize the healing forces in their own body so let's tell people your story at least some of it so we don't want you to be bored and we have so many other directions to go on so tell people why on earth you got into vitamin k and other things
1: well it it all happened by accident not by design Okay. there's a lot of things in life do. Uh, Basically, I had two friends at the Mayo Clinic that insisted that I get an executive physical. And this was in November of 2002.
0: What's an executive physical?
1: It's a a three day physical that the Mayo Clinic puts you through and tests everything under the sun. Okay. And it's 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 pretty cool, really. And I and I got to hand it to the Mayo Clinic. If it wasn't for them and my two buddies, I'd be dead. So, hats off to them. Okay. But, uh, so I go through the the three day physical, and at the very end, my attending uh, physician said, "Is there any other test that you would like?" And I said, "Yeah, I'd like one of those fast CT scans of my heart." And they and she said you don't need that because you've passed all your tests. You're fine. I said, well, didn't, isn't the rules that if you, if I ask for something, you have to give it to me. Yeah. So <laughs> but me but why tell.
0: did you choose heart? Just better tell people that too.
1: Well, I, I've been, I've drove through Chicago routinely and I would hear, go to the so-called heart center, get your, get your heart scanned and see how much plaque you have in your arteries. And, it would, and since I'm a curious kind of guy, I'm mean, I'm a biochemical engineer. Mm. I got my master's in it. And, uh, was like, well, yeah, let's do it. I've done everything else that the male wanted, so they can do something for me. So they had the scan done. I went to lunch, had my pot roast, my potatoes, my gravy, my green beans, and a shooper of beer. Then I walked into the... <laughs> Sounds know, good, whatever. hey. <laughs> oh, oh it, was, it was good. Yes, it was. Then I walked into the exit meeting, and it was... Uh, well, I sat down and I said, it looked like somebody just died. And they all kind of, you know, well they, well, they showed my sagittal sections of my heart. And there was my rib, glow- well, it looked like a rib, glowing nice and white, and which was my left mane that was completely calcified from the wall of the heart to the branch. My Lord. And I said, that doesn't look good. <laughs> Duh. It, mm-hmm. it's, just how, it's just how I am. I, I it, Nothing really seem, I seem to be nonplussed about a lot of things primarily because of how I was trained as an ice hockey goalie. You just don't get nervous. So you just take it in stride. Mm. So the following week did a stress echocardiogram on me, a little more detail, and they said, to uh, make a long story short, you're going head, head, to get an arterial blowout. There's nothing we can do for you. So make, make peace with your God and make peace with your friends. And I said, well, my body got me into this mess. My body can get me out of this mess. And... I then decided to take up, upon myself the mission to fix myself. And so within two and a half years, I completely cleaned out my left main. Hmm. And uh, and it's basically been off to the races. I've had a couple of setbacks because of certain things, but uh, I'm on the mend now. It's been eight, 19 years years now. it be 19 years since November. Yeah, you're an amazing so, person.
0: I also want to throw back the word uh, dendrologist. Tell me what that is. Tell the people at home what that is, because I love that you, at least that's the way I understood it, that you use that biochemistry in your self-exploration. Did you not?
1: Well, to, to an extent, uh, my, my background, surprisingly enough, well, it's in the hard sciences, but I was the research guy on the debate team in college. Okay. So I was really used to re- researching things. So the Internet in 2002 was just geeky stuff. So I could go through the geeky stuff really easy. Plus, I was a pre-med undergrad, so I knew all the terms. and I knew what all this stuff meant. And so much like uh, that one TV show, The Answers Out There, I just started digging and digging and digging. And so by the... End of April 2003, I figured out that a, heart disease is a gut bacteria problem. B, it's and and it's related a gu, a to gut bacteria. You know,
0: but, uh, gut bacteria, you said? Okay.
1: Yeah, gut bacteria problem. Okay. My my my, aren't we hearing a lot about gut bacteria nowadays? Really? Mm-hmm. That was back in 2003. Wow. I figured that out. I used simple logic to just figure it out. This has got to be what's going on. It's vitamin D related, it's CoQ10 related, and it's diet related. And as an athlete, I was used to living on a ketogenic diet. So I slightly adjusted my, my diet to include uh, more broccoli and kale and spinach and stuff like that. And so I knew carbs would kill you. I knew that by January of 2003.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I pretty much exited any and all junk food. I didn't have a lot of junk food anyway, but it was pretty easy for me to do that. And uh, long about, well, I had a, and I don't want to, right now, everyone's talking about vaccinations and anti-vaccinations and all this other stuff. I don't really want to get into that, but I had an MMR vaccination and it uh, destroyed my pancreas and destroyed my thyroid. Wow. That in turn, yeah, yeah, it did. People need to understand, I'm just not talking about this. I have so many heart scans to prove all this stuff and so many reams of blood work.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That In fact, just two days ago or yesterday, I was down in Detroit and I had my annual blood work done of 30 some odd tubes they pulled from me so I could just see what my body's doing. And I used to do that four times a year for many, wow. many years. Wow. And so, yeah, well, you, you got, I'm an engineer. You got to measure it. You can't get what you can't see.
0: You're a lab rat.
1: Yes, I'm walking, talking lab rat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good job. <laughs> we need that from you. Well, we but, need it. Yes.
1: Yeah. So, so I just so in 2010, I was very frustrated by what was going on because I knew I did something early on to to save my life, and I I just couldn't quite slow the progression of my heart disease down. So I wrapped myself up in my house for a week. And uh, I spent almost 100 hours plus on the internet reading and reading and rereading and reading some more. And then I saw an interesting article by Mercola by accident. It was from 1999. I'd never seen that article before. And he said, K has something to do with heart disease. And then earlier in my travels, Dr. Bill Davis mentioned about heart disease and Japan and vitamin K. And it was just a passing comment like, oh, by the way, I went, huh, I wonder because I I knew what I did for my diet and I was very consistent with it. And so I started researching K and inadvertently, my personal care physician from Traverse City, she had a K1 test done on me And and I found it and it was low. And I went, I'll bet you I found the missing link. So then I started diving into vitamin K and the rest is history. Wow. I went to supply side wealth to get my vitamin K and I started experimenting on myself with K and and uh like I said, off to the races, got her done and uh here we are.
0: So that changed how your heart
1: was actually constructed, right? Well it it cleaned out it cleaned out the pipes. I call it cleaning out the pipes. Mm. Well don't you didn't you have a genetic
0: propensity for your pipes as you call it to be blocked that way?
1: Not blocked, ruptured. Oh, okay. So so what happens is your artery, ten percent of the population, when your artery gets calcified, your artery the body responds by making the artery larger in diameter. Okay. So as to keep the flow up. Most people the artery tends to close up. Well, in my my family, lucky me, uh, they pretty much my mother, my grandmother, my grandmother's brothers all died of arterial blowouts. Wow. Many of them, many of them in their late late forties, early fifties. Wow, and, and you were was, headed
0: in that direction, uh, right?
1: I was headed in that direction, so it was like, well, <laughs> better do something smart. So what I did was. I figured out how to clean out my arteries, and at the same time, how to make my arteries stronger and uh, build up the wall thickness. And I did that using citrulline. And uh, there you go. The process of cleaning out the artery is pretty simple, really. You have—I'll uh, start with what absolutely takes the calcium out. It's a, uh, a chemical called fetuin A. Very few people ever hear about that. Yeah, how do you spell that? Fetuin A. Okay. F E T U I N. Fetuin dash A. Now, fetuin A is your body's calcium chelator, made by the liver. Oh, really? And it's yes, it is. And uh, here's the thing with people who have chronic kidney disease and who are on dialysis. They die of heart disease, hardening of the arteries, specifically because their fetuin A levels are so low. Hmm. So, what keeps your fetuin A levels up? Well, make long biochemistry, whatever you want to call it, pathway. Short. It's your free T3, which is a thyroid uh, measurement. Okay. And so, so what you need is your free T3 between three point five and five point zero. And that makes sure that your liver is making all the fetoine A you need. Now, once you got that done, then you've got to loosen up the calcium. Now, how do you loosen up the calcium? You loosen up the calcium by having sufficient magnesium in your diet.
0: Okay. And
1: even the National Institute of Health says you need at least a half a half a gram a day, or 500 milligrams of magnesium, as magnesium in your diet every day. I get about a gram. Can
0: I, can well, I ask you one thing about magnesium? Is A lot of people don't yeah. want to poop all the time. So I was told to get magnesium right. glyconate. Glycinate?
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, well, it, I use magnesium malate because my research on my body said that malate was most bowel-tolerated. Okay. So... Uh, Everyone has a different toleration for the various forms of magnesium. Okay. Some people love magnesium citrate. I can't even go near it, and i have a I have what I call an outhouse opportunity <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you don't want that. so you know what can you say? also, when you get your free t three right, you impact what's called the a b c a one excuse me. ABC A1 and ABC C1 pathways which in turn help your vitamin D do its thing and then once you get your vitamin D doing its thing, your beta HDL comes in and it starts uh, taking the fat out of your foam cell Okay. and then when the beta HDL gets fat the APIL A1 uh, comes in and attaches itself to the beta HDL and makes it into true HDL and then hauls it back to the liver for reprocessing. Hmm. And uh, CoQ10 plays a role and that CoQ10 is the Velcro that holds the beta HDL. <laughs> it's the Velcro, the I stuff. like that. <laughs> yeah, it's just what it is, it's Velcro. It's chemical Velcro. Wow. And then somehow, way, in all of this, vitamin E plays a role. And then uh, vitamin C plus K1, which is attached to your LDL particles, they're designed to kill foam cells. Okay. So that's that's the long and the short of how you reverse heart disease. Wow, that's and quite a lot of that's detail. That's pretty
0: good, yeah. So did you notice the well, difference it, yeah. fairly quickly? Oh, God, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. So, so you knew so you were the on it. Did, mm-hmm. Right, so, so one of the things that I did was, if your body likes K, mm-hmm. And, it, and within reason you can't take too much K, but if your body likes K, it will make LDL to haul your K around your body. L D L is uh your vita is a vitamin dump truck, it hauls it all over the place, like UPS <laughs> or FedEx. And uh so I had some statin, I had some uh I'll just say I had some statin I can say the brand new. And I drove my L D L from one thirty down to 70. I did that in a couple of weeks. It didn't take long. Drove it down there. And you so, mean this, this is as a research
0: time. project, eh?
1: Yes, on myself. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so I drove it down. It took 20 milligrams a day, and, and after a couple of weeks, got my blood t- tested. My LDL was at 70, down from 130, 140. And uh, I said, well, if my body likes K it'll make LDL whether I'm taking a statin or not. So I started taking my K. And lo and behold, within two weeks, my LDL was right back up to 140, even though I was still taking a statin.
0: So it bypassed so the statin?
1: R- right. It it just basically said, statin, you go do your thing. Uh, we've got this. Kind of like, hold my beer, I got this. That's what the <laughs> liver basically said. So, so then... I said, well, if I stop the statin, is it going to double my LDL? Let's try that. So I stopped the statin, waited two weeks, two, three weeks, didn't change. And then I said, at that point, I really knew I, I was onto to something. So then it was a matter of dialing my body in from there. And then luckily enough, in August, uh, June of 2011, I went to a vitamin K conference in Scottsdale, Arizona, <laughs> where i got to meet the top vitamin k researchers in the world it was a big symposium and uh i got to sit and listen to these guys and gals talk and then i got to privately just shoot the breeze with them to find out again am i on the right am i on the right path or am i just tilting the windmills and uh they every one of them said hey you're doing it right And they gave me advice on how much K1 to take and how much MK7 to take and how much MK4 to take. And uh, after I did all of that, that was it. That party was over. That was great. And I just kept reversing my heart disease and kept going down and down and down and still going down. So... I'm pretty happy.
0: So you're actually yeah. not yeah. just reversing the disease, you're reversing your whole biochemical propensities and all that inherited
1: stuff, right? Right, right. And it, it, it also helps other things, as an example, like Alzheimer's.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's an K-1 interesting one, subject.
1: To, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. A Canadian government contracted with a research lady by the last name of Ferland. Mm-hmm. She was from I believe Montreal University or the University of Montreal.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I met her in twenty eleven and she's real she, she had the she presented the biochemical pathway of uh Alzheimer's. Ah. And basically in in Canadian medicine, Alzheimer's is a terrible drain on the uh cost of medicine in Canada. So they were motivated to find out why is it that you can have two people, H match people. One has Alzheimer's and one doesn't, and they both have the APOE4 gene.
0: What's APOE? And
1: uh, That's a genetic test for a certain allele called the uh, APOE allele, and it comes in uh, a number of flavors. It's the flavor of 2, flavor of 3, and the flavor of 4. So if you have a 4-4, that's like you get the 23 me test done. If you have a 4-4, you have a about a 90% chance of getting Alzheimer's. If you're 3-4, it's a little less. 2-4, it's a little less. Most people are 3-3 three, three, or 2-3 or 2-2. Two, two. Okay. So Verland found out by doing all of this research that it got down to diet. And the Canadian government oh, was really? stunned when she said, yeah, eat your, and she says, eat your broccoli. Wow. <laughs> and I'm going, why broccoli? And she said, well, broccoli's got K-1. Well, what was I on back in 2003? A broccoli, kale, spinach diet. And I'm going, ha-ha. Okay. And so she went through the pathway of how the LDL particle carries the K1 vitamin on it. And it gets grabbed by what's called the SXR enzyme on the lining of the arteries in the brain. And the SXR enzyme pulls the K1 out puts it into the brain and re- then rejiggers it and makes it into mk4 which in turn is used to make the sheathing material in your uh, neurons wow. far out that is just way cool and uh so that's one advantage of k1 right there
0: have they been able to um, reverse alzheimer's I, by knowing all this
1: uh no once it's one of these things once you get the thing going -hmm. You can apparently you can stop it, but you can't regress it. Apparently, okay, all right. But you know, yes. So so that's that. But again, forewarned is forearmed. So eat your broccoli. (laughs) Well, and I have one
0: other question then. Now that we're on Alzheimer's, what about mental health stuff? That this is a rampant thing throughout our society. For we could probably wager a guess on a number of reasons. But I wondered if you. I uh, could address that a little bit or is that in your bailiwick?
1: Well, most most people feel good when they take a shower. Mm-hmm. The nice warm water, you go, wow, this feels good. And that's mm-hmm. that's generally that's generally caused by a chemical in your brain called serotonin.
0: Okay.
1: Serotonin is made from vitamin D. My my my. So if you have <laughs> low amounts of serotonin, it's because you got low amounts of D.
2: Aha. And where
1: I live, aha, where I live in Upper Michigan, we have so little sun up here, we get confused with the sun and streetlights. You know, it's just, oh my God, it's just nothing. It's dark all the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we don't get a lot of D. And, and when you're above the 45th parallel like we are, you only get D between April and October, and that's it. And that's only between 11 and 1 in the afternoon on a cloudless day, which is almost impossible up here. So. People are, in the wintertime, very D-deficient. And as a result, we have a a psychological thing up here we call cabin fever. And people just act squirrely in the wintertime. Mm -hmm. And the Russians have noticed it. And what they do is they give people these UV lamp treatments and stuff like that to get their body making D again. So if you keep your D up, your spirits automatically come up. Mm -hmm. And uh, magnesium is also part of all of that feel good stuff and uh you know it, it works
0: however it works. you can take magnesium eh um, yeah, yeah right oh yeah Th- that's really yeah. interesting stuff but you don't think uh, i guess say uh, your behavior isn't really your subject but i was just thinking you don't think we have behavioral issues that cre- create or come from mental health on a different level
1: well, we- Well, my, my business partner is a clinical PhD, clinical psychologist. Okay. And, uh, and she's also my girlfriend. And we talk about this routinely and she, she works in the school systems and she cannot tell parents to have their kids take D, but she said, my God, it's so obvious. Uh, Mental health is diet related and sun related. Mm -hmm. She says, it's just obvious, Mm -hmm. but yet, there's nobody willing to step up and say, why don't we get these kids squared away with vitamin D?
0: Yeah, if you ever look so, at the food they serve at lunches and you go, geez, oh when are we going to do more learning here? Well, thank you for that. I think yep. we do understand that. And you also, one of the things I was watching that you were speaking about was selenium. And what I learned uh, around here, all over the country, we're short of selenium in the, in the soils. And, and that certainly relates right. to prostate uh, prostate problems, and prostate cancer all over the country, doesn't it?
1: Prostate health is one thing, and the other one is thyroid health.
0: Thyroid. But
1: everybody forget. Yep. Yeah, what talk, everybody talk about that?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, in the world of well, this this gets into the world of statins. But the, the long and the short of it, there is a enzyme used to convert free T four to free t3 okay if you are selenium deficient you do not have sufficient enzyme to convert free t4 to free t3 which is the free t3 is the active form of your thyroid so if you don't have that uh you've probably seen or heard of many people that are on levothyroxine which is free t4 Mm -hmm. and they say no matter what i do i still don't have any energy i put on weight and this and that yada 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 And they just the doctors throw up their hands. Well, why don't you check your selenium levels? Because selenium is critical in that conversion. Much like iodine is critical to start your thyroid functioning correctly. Hmm. Selenium is required to make that enzyme work correctly. And if that isn't done right, you're 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 basically up the creek without a paddle.
0: I hadn't and thought of that particular it. thing, but I know like tons of people who have thyroid issues. And I know there's yep. tons of people that have selenium deficiencies. I'm like, oh, thank right. you for that. It's a great connection. Thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. So right. One of the ways to find out if you have the selenium deficiency in your area is you go to your local veterinarian and you ask them, do you have to add selenium to the horse feed or cattle feed? And if it's yes... You have a selenium deficiency guaranteed, hmm. and that's something. So my cousin's a vet where I live, so I asked her. I says, "Hey, dude. <laughs> do you do you put selenium in your in your feed? Have to. There's no selenium around here. So so this is then spills over into statins, and statins do not allow for that enzyme to be manufactured that needs the selenium. Uh. So when you take a statin. Guess what? Your conversion rate goes all to the devil. My, my, my.
0: Well, you know what? Uh, all I remember about statins is people say you can't take vitamin K. You have to be really careful, or it'll make you crazy if you take it. You know, and and I, or you can't eat no. greens. And I'd say you've got to have greens, you guys. And they say no, no. My that's doctor warf- says that's no. War-
1: that's warfarin. I think they're talking about. But yeah. statins, you can take K all you want. It's no big deal.
0: Oh, okay. But it's uh, scary when people can. are it so be cautious good. about it. Really?
1: Right. Yeah. Is there a now, better, better way? The, for what now? Uh,
0: uh, instead of taking sta- warfarin, you, you could probably take... Uh, warfarin.
1: With... Well, the, the the doctors are now starting to get people weaned off warfarin because... They found that warfarin certainly helps you with atrial fibrillation and the, uh oh, that comes from that. There's no doubt about that. But now that they've finally realized, thanks to heart scans, if you put somebody on warfarin, they end up with hardening of the arteries. That's hmm. a fact.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Not my opinion, it's all in the literature. So now that's what caused the pharmaceutical people to produce what's Generically called the dabigatran form of uh, warfarin, which is uh, K-tolerable. Oh, okay. So I forgot the name above it, but it's a dabigatran, and those are that works in a different part of the uh, clotting pathway.
0: Hmm.
1: So well, that's good. So they're yeah, listening, huh? They're they're listening. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I would imagine my gut feels the lawyers are probably listening. <laughs> <Because> probably.
0: <laughs> hey Pat, whatever yes. it takes, <laughs> right? You
1: got it. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to complain. So, t- so let's so jump anyway, back that, to
0: hardening of the arteries. Cause what about for the brain? That That's the yeah. problem for the brain too, isn't it?
1: Well, yeah, you, you get, uh, you get plaques forming all over the place and, only in your arteries, not in your veins. That's, okay. It's because of the geometry of the artery. And, and, and in the engineering world, if it moves, it breaks. Okay. So an artery is constantly moving because you have a pulse, a pressure wave coming through the artery. Right. So over time, it'll crack. And if it cracks, your body goes in there to repair the crack. That's your macrophages at all, your repair crew. Your Maytag repairman goes in there and fixes it up. <laughs> and, and and if the Maytag repairman doesn't die, it creates what's called foam cells. And then the body goes in there to kill it using LDL. And, then the, and if there's not sufficient K or C in the system, uh, the foam cell literally eats the LDL. That's why a foam cell gets to be full of fat, because it eats the LDL. Pretty cool, isn't
0: it? It's really General. good. So the, the K is the repair yeah. the, the repair group,
1: huh? No, the K the K plus C, the K is on the LDL, the okay. C is in the serum. So the LDL particle goes in there to kill the foam cell. Okay. If you got sufficient K and sufficient C, you kill the foam cell. If you don't have sufficient if you have sufficient C but not sufficient K, or vice versa. The foam cell eats the LDL particle and gets bigger. It's called foam F O A M. Yeah, foam cell F O A M. Okay. So so then when that happens, more macrophages go in to do their thing, and all of a sudden you have what I hate that term, but inflammation. Aha. We should have a uh, that's all this inflammation stuff. That means your system is seriously upset with uh, what's going on in that area. So it's going in there to try and heal it. So once the foam cells get really gnarly, they induce your vascular smooth muscle cells, which are just below the epithelial layer of your artery, to start to replicate. And they start growing. Well, that ain't cool. So when they grow and die, they leave a trace of calcium. It has to do with the expression of some vitamin D genetics in there but and, and bone formation. So the vascular smooth muscle cells start growing, which isn't good. It's, it's, it's like I tell people, it's like cancer. you got stuff growing where it's not supposed to grow, so that's not good. And you, So now you've got to stop the vascular smooth muscle cells from growing. Because they eventually grow sufficiently enough and they produce a certain chemical that dissolves the connective tissue between your epithelial cells and the next thing you know, pop, out she comes. And now now you got a hole in your pipe. And now everybody panics and you get clot formation and and also and that clotting cascade takes a hold. Now you either throw a clot or you have a clot and now everything gets all alcoholics up. Hmm. That's basically what happens.
0: It's part of an aging process, is it? Or what I'm saying is what we have accepted as an aging process.
1: We have accepted it as an aging process, which in a way is true because as you get older, your hormones change. And when your hormones change, that sends different signals to your gut bacteria to uh, liberate different chemicals from the food that you eat. That's why I said way back when heart heart disease is a gut bacteria problem, and it has to do with the feedback loops that are associated with your body to your gut, saying, hey, I need some of this, or hey, I need some of that. Hmm. And your gut bacteria gleefully make it if they can. So as you get older, my best guess is uh, certain genetic, I'll just say, sequences are turned off and henceforth you don't make mk7 like you used to or you don't liberate magnesium like you used to or you don't blah 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 like you used to or liberate selenium like you used to because if you look at at like say the framingham heart study hardening of the arteries for premenopausal women it just doesn't happen it it just didn't so it's like wow What's different? What changed? Hormones. Okay. Mm-hmm. What do the hormones do? It tells things to do things. And it's also interesting. Before five years old, babies get hurting in their arteries. They and do? And all goes away. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm reading this and going, my, 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 what's going on? So hormones. it goes
0: away for babies because they develop a kind of the biochemistry of, of developing hormones and all that stuff?
1: Right, exactly. How so it, it, when you really look at yeah, it's fascinating. It, this is it, 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 it's fascinating as well. Get out. I I love this kind of stuff. Hmm. <laughs> so so anyway, uh, that's really what's now you say, well how do you stop the vascular smooth muscle cells? How do you do this? Yada 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 yada. Well that's where MK seven comes in and it starts a fancy chemical process called carboxylation and when it starts to carboxylate it sends a message to the feto and a that hey we got some stuff that needs to get cleaned out here and the next thing you know your pipes are all cleaned out so you need k1 you need c
0: how you much c? your
1: thyroid right uh that is a darn good question and i take six grams a day twice a day
0: and do you use, and make sure there's bioflavonoids
1: no you don't need to do that vitamin c is vitamin c it's just ascorbic acid ascorbic acid or ascorbate or however you want to call it uh, a lot of people talk about a lot of different thing that nah, doesn't work it's just c just call it good call it good and move on
0: hmm.
1: it just it just works um
0: well, how about, can I jump uh, yeah, back in? I want to jump sure. into the vaccine thing, not to make you go into that in a big way. But I thought, you know, with your sure. compassion and your wisdom and so on, I, I have a lot of clients who are so frustrated because they're either de- they're politically uh, aligned with the dead set against mm-hmm. vaccine or desperate to get it. And I'm like, there's got to sure. be better ways of understanding what it does to us. Okay. You know?
1: Yeah, I can talk about that. Please. Uh
0: and then if you don't know, mind talk about what it's like to have immunity from different perspectives and vaccine, you know.
1: Sure, sure. And this will tie into a few other things, which is kind of I, I hope you find this fascinating because I, I know I'm I fascinated. Do. Uh, I'm
0: fascinated.
1: Yeah. Already. Yeah, I just uh I have a very good friend in Ireland and he and he called me up and he said, Hey Pat, I got a great joke. I said, Okay, I'm all ears. <laughs> he says you've got the you got the Pro jab, they call it the jab over there. The pro jab crew are the people, and then you got the anti jab crew. Yeah. He says, You know what you call the folks in the middle that don't know whether they should get jabbed or not? I said, I have no idea. We call them the Jabberwockies. <laughs>
0: I love that.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> it's like you, if you don't laugh about this, you know, you kind of go, Wow. You may, uh, we may okay, as well. It's just what,
0: ludicrous. You know. Yeah,
1: it it really is. And and, and I'm speaking as a biochemical engineer, so I, I look at things quite, quite matter-of-factly. So I just watched this morning uh, a lady who is her Ph.D. in, I think, immunology from the University of Michigan talked to the House Committee on what's going on with the jab. And she reiterated what I'm going to say right now, which is it's not a vaccine. It's a symptom ameliorator oh. we need to understand that
0: oh
2: it is
1: not a vaccine okay that's mm-hmm. it it just why they call it a vaccine is on beyond me but it isn't and I'll, I'll, I'll take that I'll take that against anybody i'll I'll debate fauci on that one that's not a problem
0: but it would be so, nice to ameliorate yeah. symptoms that seems a little more benign doesn't it
1: well, not exactly. Okay. <laughs> it makes them less. It makes it. It's kind of like. Would you like a broken ankle or a broken leg?
2: <laughs> well, all things
1: considered, I'll. You know, which one do you want? You want. You know, it's, it's, it's. It's one of these. One of these kind of things. Uh, you don't want to go to the hospital. So let's just use use that as an example. Okay. But that's. Uh, okay. When you get the. I don't know where to even begin with this, but let's talk, let's say somebody has the jab. Okay. Right. And what this means is your immune system is hypersensitive to spike proteins are of the alpha variety, not necessarily of the Delta variety, which seems to be floating around, but of the alpha variety. Okay. So here, here's how this, okay. It's, I wish I had a whiteboard. I could talk easier with this. But okay. You inhale about a 1,000 particles of delta variety. And you don't have enough vitamins in your mucosa in your lungs to kill it outright. Okay. So the virus attacks your lung tissue. And while it's attacking your lung tissue, it's also getting into your bloodstream. These, These are just facts. As it attacks your lung tissue, it starts... Shedding viruses into your lungs. You shed it into your lungs. You shed it into your environment.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay? That's a fact. And at the same time, you're shedding the viruses into your, into your plasma, into your serum, into your pipes. Well, if the, it takes 12 to 48 hours for your body to recognize that you've got something wrong. Now, depending on what the replication rate is, and I have yet to find out what the number is for the replication rate on the virus, it's probably out there. I'd like to know what it is. Mm -hmm. You can back calculate if you have a thousand viruses, how long is it going to take for those thousand viruses to become a million viruses? Obviously, there's a replication rate on that. I don't know what it is. So after, let's say, 48 hours, your body finally quells the virus, kind of. The virus it's still in your lungs. It's still shedding, but at a lot lower rate. It's still in your pipes, but shedding at a lot lower rate. If it's in your pipes, that means it's attaching to your ACE. Not all of it, not at the same level as if you weren't jabbed, but it still attaches to your ACE. Well, when it attaches to your ACE, it agitates what's called protein S as in SAM. Okay. Sam gets agitated. Little Sam gets agitated. He's kind of like a two year old. You get Sam agitated and Sam starts throwing microplots. Well, how do you keep Sam from getting agitated? Real simple. You make sure Sam is properly carboxylated, meaning you have sufficient MK7 in your diet. In other words, you've eaten a lot of sauerkraut. Okay. <laughs> and you <had laughs> a lot of sausage. Well, that's a good thing
0: to I'll have. I'll
1: keep this, you know, this, this is work from. Sarah Booth at Tufts. Brilliant lady. So, okay, you you, you, now you got MK7 in your diet, and Protein S is happy. Well, okay, there you go. Now, let's carry it one step further. Let's say you have sufficient selenium in your diet. This is what we talked about before. Sure. Selenium keeps the virus from cutting a hole in your cell.
0: Oh really?
1: It locks up a a double bonded sulfur that is used to slice open a cell to allow the virus to sneak into the cell. Isn't that cool?
0: Wow, selenium. My my my.
1: Mhm. Yeah, selenium. Yeah. So it 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 helps. Not a lot. Don't want to take a lot of it. You know, I take a hundred micrograms a day. That's or eat one Brazil nut. Again. This diet, you know, eat, eat one <laughs> That's all you need. And I mean it. Just just keep it simple. It's not and so that's what's happening there. Now, as it turns out, vitamin B kills hey, B isn't boy. D isn't dog.
0: Okay. Okay. D kills vitamin viruses. D kills, mm-hmm.
1: Right. So you got D floating around your serum mm-hmm. and you got D in your mucosa. If you have sufficient D in your system. Okay. Vitamin C also kills the COVID virus. And if you have sufficient C in your mucosa and sufficient C in your blood, the COVID virus is not happy. Downright upset. Okay. Okay. There you go. That's, that's just some of the basics. Pretty fascinating stuff, isn't it?
0: It's very now fascinating. You say, mm-hmm.
1: Now you would say, "Well, Chief Pat, you're 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 wearing a tin hat." No, not really. My business partner, Dr. Transit, she uh, got COVID really bad. Oh, she did. I was asymptomatic for it. In fact, I didn't even know I had it. I only found out I had it because she got it because she got tested and they went, "Wow, ah, you got COVID." Yeah. So they tested me and they went, ah, you got COVID. I said, so what? It's fine. <laughs> yeah, the health department called, how are you feeling? I'm a little tired. Well, that's one of the symptoms. No, I just got done running a 10K. I'm kind of tired. If you want to know, I, I just, I'm tired. Okay. <laughs> I'm an engineer. I'm so damn literal, you know. So,
0: <laughs> but there's another thing is so, some people get sicker than other people. You know, is
1: that all? Uh, uh, is that selenium that, deficiency? Is that a personal doodah? It's, it's a, it's a, it's or a genetic C deficiency. thing? It's a D de- no, 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 no. It's a C deficiency. It's a vitamin D deficiency. It's a selenium deficiency. You just aren't taking care of yourself. Okay. Bottom line. The uh, Roxy did, didn't take as much as what I told her to take back in May. So come November, she got really laid out, really bad.
0: And how much would so you take? How
1: much D do you take? I take uh, six grams of C twice a day, so I take 12 grams a day. Okay. You don't want to take too much in one shot because that screws up your gut bacteria and a bunch of other things. So you, you take in divided doses. Okay. But that's me. I'm a guy, six foot tall, 180. I'm in really good shape, and I work out a lot. So, so what I say, a woman, five foot three, 110 pounds, would use certainly a lot less. Mm-hmm. But you have to dial your body in. Okay. So she had three transfusions of 20 grams of C two days apart. Okay. And
0: Three transfusions.
1: Three transfusions. Was she in she the hospital or was she in a clinic? She was at a clinic. Okay. She got three 20-gram transfusions on, a, I'll just say, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Okay. We just use that for simple illustration. Saturday morning, it's just nothing had happened. She's fine. And she tested clear wow. of the virus within three days after God, that. this
0: is a great story. You know that? No, well, it's, 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 it's a data
1: point. She's
0: an N of one. I'm an N of one.
1: That's just, you, make, you know, it, that's again. A, that's
0: a genetic, that's <laughs> a, uh, what is that, a DNA thing? That's genetics?
1: No, N, N means in the world of statistics, there's only one person involved there's only one subject involved there's only one dice involved there's only one number involved so i'm an n of one it's just me so don't extrapolate anything for me other than it is a reasonable thought that you could do the same thing given you've dialed your body in Mm
2: -hmm.
1: okay Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so i don't want to say oh i've got the answer to this well i don't i have the answer for me Mm-hmm. Not for everybody else.
0: Well, I think we know but that gets, keeping ourselves strong and healthy, like what you're saying, it, it builds our immune system anyway, does it not?
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Because what it does, it says the proper signals to your gut bacteria to say, "Hey guys, go on, get on your game. I'm a real dude here, so let's 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 keep this going." Another thing that I found over my years, which is interesting on diet and health. And Is I only eat once a day.
0: Oh, you do? Okay.
1: And does your partner? And there's sound. No. Okay. Uh, I eat once a day, and that's based on Dr. Tim Noakes' work, and the biochemistry of that makes all the sense in the world because a bolus of food, you just can't keep putting food into your pipe or into your intestine and having your bacteria constantly chew on it because they're getting conflicting signals. Mm -hmm. So you have this bolus of food come in and your body says, Hey, I need some of this. So the bacteria go, okay. So it starts nibbling away and, you know, liberating what it needs. And all of a sudden this next bolus comes through and it's different. So, but you've got this set of bacteria working on this one. And now they're trying to work on that one. And guess what? They can't get there from here. So they get kind of confused. They get upset. They go on strike. (laughs) <laughs> well they're very
0: intelligent little beings are they not
1: oh yes they are and 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 you have between 400 and 4,000 different species in there and they all have a role to play so you have to give them the role that they're designed for and the best way to do that is to give them a bolus of food and let them have at it mm-hmm. and let them do it over a 24-hour period
2: mm-hmm. works
1: great now I've done some interesting research on anaerobic bacterial digestion of wood sugars. That's a whole other story. Oh, okay. But I helped, I helped design the world's largest intestine. And,
0: <laughs> well, now that's a feet and a half, right?
1: Oh, yes, it is. It, 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 all I can say is imagine taking uh, maple syrup. You've seen maple syrup, right? Of course. I'm Canadian, okay. you know. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. So you take dried maple syrup, so no water. So it's just hard maple syrup. And the system I, I helped design took 250 tons of that a day.
0: Wow. And made methane
1: and carbon dioxide out. Yeah, all using anaerobic bacteria. Wow. So this was in the early 2000s. So I, I had a f- real sense of how in- stomachs and intestines work, hmm. having lived through that. Hmm. And it's fascinating. And uh one of the things uh maple syrup is a five carbon sugar. And people say, Oh, you can't have bacteria eat a five carbon sugar like that. And also there was also things called the uh, acid soluble lignin, which are basically phenolic compounds, also known as antioxidants, and they're ring structures with little tails sticking off of them. And they said, Oh, bacteria can't eat that. And I said, Oh, really? Watch them. You give them the right kind of environment, those little boogers will eat anything. <laughs> honest to God. they those, well, Once we got those guys going, they could take those complex sugars and complex phenolics, that's the fancy term, woohoo, and they would convert it to acetic acid. And then the next bunch of bacteria would take the acetic acid and make it into methane and carbon dioxide.
0: Wow. I isn't that interesting?
1: So, but what I did was it forced me to learn about digestion, anaerobic digestion. Well, what's your gut? anaerobic digestion. And so when Noakes came out with this study on eating once a day, it was a head slapper, like, my God, he's got this. Yes, that'll work. That explains this. So I eat once a day.
0: Wow, and I you felt great. really good about it. yeah, mm-hmm.
1: you oh, know God, it took about six weeks, but yeah, once I got used to it, I'm fine.
0: We want to talk to you again because we I, can't, I haven't possibly come to the end of my questioning, but I want to end with this one thing is, can you give people some kind of hope about the pandemic? How can we stop such a spread? You just, uh, you know, that's a really important question to me unless we feed them all, which we're not willing to do as already, you know what I mean?
1: Well, as for the pandemic. Uh, I'll give you a couple of quick things that I think the people need to hear. Okay. And this is no, this is no, this is no hooey. Okay. The Cleveland Clinic is about ready to publish a paper sometime in the next month, and it tells the impact of menaquinone seven on protein S and how it prevents clotting. That's critical.
0: It, it prevents what? It. it prevents what?
1: Those micro clots from being formed. Henceforth, you don't, in theory. You don't get the cardiomyopathy due to the clots plugging up the small pipes of the heart. And you don't get the transient ischemic attacks with the clots plugging up your pipes in your head and plugging up the pipes in your kidney. So that's what's coming. And it appears that MK7 is is the ticket for that. It appears. I haven't seen the published paper yet, but I I was talking to some folks the last couple of days about it. That's important. you got to keep your vitamin C up. Because that's in your mucosa, in your lungs, and in your sinuses. You got to do that. You just you got to keep if have lysine is also important. Lysine is also antiviral. Vitamin D is antiviral. Selenium is helpful. So those are just some of the things that people can do to lessen the impact of the virus being introduced into their system.
0: Okay. And
1: it's safe. So,
0: well, as far as shedding and passing it on, and of course, I get obsessive about places like Brazil and India and uh, how dangerous that is for the whole planet, you know, not just them. And I guess I don't know i I don't know how to hold that in my heart in a way that we can stop things from spreading quite that fast and so on. So I thought you might well, have some wisdom.
1: there's a little more to this story than that. As okay. it turns out, and this 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 is not so much about vitamin K. This is about the next topic called ivermectin. As it turns out, the people in India take ivermectin routinely. How do you, to, how do you spell river, that? I V E R M E C T I N. Okay, thank that's you. an antiparasitic. Okay, and. It's again. I'd like to see the literature on it, but the anecdotal literature is, if you take ivermectin routinely, you basically don't get parasites. And but according to the Japanese Minister of Health, I just looked at this video today. Uh, there, the the numbers indicate, anecdotally, and I got to emphasize anecdotally that he who takes ivermectin has a better chance of fighting off this virus. Now, I've seen the chemical pathways of ivermectin. It's a chelated bismuth, and it makes sense from a biochemical standpoint. But again, I want to see the literature. Okay. But you've got people already going to tractors, various, I'll shall I say, farm implement stores to buy ivermectin and take it and whatever. That's kind of dumb. Okay. Just, just, just. If you're gonna do this, read the label, please.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Just, just don't capriciously and arbitrarily do it. But my friends in India have said that uh, the poor people who take ivermectin routinely for the blindness issues, river blindness, they just do not sick. They just aren't sick. And wow. it's the rich people in India that are getting sick, from what my two doctor friends in India are telling me.
0: Well, now we that's back, really maybe. interesting. But you know what the ivermectin is right now? There's huge political stuff all over this country about it. Oh
1: my God! Yeah. I yeah. know. And We're again, so
0: opposed to information.
1: <laughs> I know. And, and and I just say to everybody, just read the biochemical pathways. Just just look at it and just see what it says. It's it's if you if you I think they're recommending something like 0.2 milligrams per kilogram of body weight. So, okay, I'd be 20 milligrams for a guy like myself. Okay, do that once a month or some such thing. Like, I don't know. It's so it ties just, back the into the GI pathology. tract.
0: You're saying it ties right into the, the, the second brain, right? Right.
1: Just, right, right. You take take it orally. But mm-hmm. again, I've got ivermectin here in case for whatever reason, everybody gets sick again.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But when uh, my my significant other got sick, I thought about ivermectin, but at the time, I didn't have sufficient literature to make me comfortable with it, Mm -hmm. and uh, we did the IV vitamin C, so.
0: And that worked for
1: her, all right. They both worked. That worked for her, and it works for other people, too.
0: Well, Patrick, please tell everybody how they can get hold of you. You're just a wonderful, wonderful guest and a fount of information, very inspiring, and I'd like to invite you on to Paradigm Shifters again as well.
1: Uh, Sure. Sure. My website is the letter K and a dash, and the word vitamins, plural, so k-vitamins.com. And uh, you can email me at concentratedk at yahoo.com. That's K-O-N-C-E-N-T-R-A-T-E-D-K at uh, yahoo.com. And uh, I'll be happy to talk with anybody and give people an engineer's perspective on things.
0: Well also you've given yeah. people the perspective of uh empowering yourself. Right. Don't just be a victim to stuff that's right. coming up. Yeah. I really right. appreciate it ownership. that. Yeah, yeah. I really no, appreciate 99% that. Person.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Personal ownership was ninety nine percent of the game.
0: Yeah, it that's takes a it little is. confidence to too, doesn't it, Pat?
1: Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep.
0: That this has been yes, Patrick Toyt and it's spelled T-H-E-U-T. My name is Veronica Antwistle and thank you so much for being a paradigm shifter and listening to stories from paradigm shifters. Many blessings. <laughs>